Welcome to the QCA Wrestle Podcast with Rob Hill and Jay Zyman. Our guest today is Josh Jeva. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. We are here tonight. We have a very special guest, Josh Jeva. Uh, Josh was a Pennsylvania State champion in high school, two-time NCAA qualifier at the University of Iowa. After college, um, I know Josh spent some time as the director of operations for Penn Wrestling and spent the last few years on the Drexel Wrestling staff. Uh, Josh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you guys having me. We're excited. What's going on? Man, we are living the dream. Other than COVID, everything's really good right now. I think. <laughs> Ain't that something? What uh, what are what are the regulations like in Iowa? Are you guys wrestling at all? Yeah. So our clubs recently have started back up. Um, mo- most of them, not everyone, but um, we do have clubs right here um, where we are in the Quad Cities twice a week. They're going. Um, nice. We're taking extra precautions. There, you know, a lot of hand sanitizer, a lot of extra cleaning of the mats and stuff like that. I saw USA Wrestling um, announced the senior nationals will be in uh, Iowa City, yeah, in Corvo, yeah. right? So, that's awesome. So no, I know that obviously it was a little lighter out here in Philadelphia. We uh, like the schools are all still closed. There's no uh, no wrestling really right now, but clubs are going. I know there's a couple youth tournaments happening at private in private gyms and stuff like that. Um, so and I know like the kids Tulsa Nationals that's a full go this weekend. There's three days down in Tulsa. Uh, they're getting after it. And, you know wrestling camps all over. They're trying to make it work. So. Yep. I just wasn't sure. I know. Yeah, we're a little stricter in Philadelphia. The population's a little higher, and you know the case. So our cases are uh, a little higher. So, but making it work, trying to. So this past weekend, I felt like it was Christmas almost. I got to go to uh, South Dakota. Terry Pack has Legends of Gold out there, and he ran a three-day. Um, actually, it was a five-day tournament, but I went to the high school. It was a three-day tournament. They, it was a dual tournament. They did folk style the first day, freestyle the next day, and Greco the next day. So I got to watch three full days of wrestling, live wrestling. It was fantastic. It was so yeah, cool. after six months of no wrestling, that had to be so good. It was great. It was great. Yeah, it's great. I've really no, I've enjoyed the uh, recent cards that you know the fight TV card that was fantastic, and you know Flo put on a great event the other weekend. So um, we're getting back in the swing of things. So we're headed there. Absolutely. We'll see. Yeah. So um, how have you and your family been doing? What have you guys been, have you been able to enjoy, enjoy the summer so far? Or I know you've been busy. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, we spend a lot of time at the beach every summer just with our family. Um, that's really, you know, my number one initiative when the summer hits for the weekends at least. But, you know, with, um, you know, being out at Drexel uh, for so much time, I just had, I had Zoom responsibilities and that was it. Um, so we go down the beach and maybe in the morning I'd have some calls and stuff, but then, you know, hit the Jersey shore. Um, and you know, the girls, they're just, I, uh, I have a nine month old that's just officially crawling. Um, so she's all over the sand and just a monster out there. She, you know, just getting comfortable with the water after like three or four trips. And then I have a two year old that is, um, she just wants to be in the water the whole time. So, um, you know, we love going down there and spending two or three days um, with our family and stuff. We were, you know, we didn't see my mom all the way through probably May, you know, from like March through May. We spent a lot of time quarantined with just us. Um, but ultimately, we've uh, come to the decision that we're going to, you know, see our parents. And, you know, we've had a moderate, moderate quarantine ever since, you know. 
um, you know, we're still respectful in public spaces with masks and stuff, but uh, we, uh, we're making sure that we're getting our summer too. So Josh, uh, big news just came out where Iowa is being flooded with uh, your new movement. Uh, Want to tell us a little bit about that? Yep, so I uh, just officially took my first head coaching position. Uh, Germantown Academy is a uh, independent private school in the Philadelphia area. The town's actually Fort Washington. Um, a lot of history in wrestling and, you know, they presented me with an opportunity. Their coach uh, got another position in uh, North Carolina um, and, you know, they, I had a couple of people close to the program that asked me if I'd be interested um, and, you know, we were able to make, uh, make things work. Uh, they gave me a full-time role in the athletic department. Uh, so um, my title is assistant to the athletic director. Uh, I have a couple of different responsibilities through like communications office and I'll have a couple of sections of middle school PE. Uh, so it's a K through 12 school. So it's a beautiful campus. Um, you know, academics are super high priority, um, but we have a really good wrestling team as well. We had, uh, they took sixth at national preps last year um, and we returned two of those all Americans and um, yeah, you know, our, you know, what I'm really excited about actually is my, uh, my sixth, seventh, and eighth graders at the school are hammers, you know, so I'm actually walking into a loaded deck. Um, you know, I'm excited to get my hands on those guys early and, um, you know, through the years, I uh, just, I think it's going to grow and get better and better. You know, right now I'm looking at, um, you know, roughly 20 kids on the team. I'm looking at maybe a forfeit or two. I don't have a six pounder. I'm still searching for a 220. I'm in contact with the football coach and seeing if we can make things happen. Um, you know, I need to find a six pounder and, uh, you know, I'll have a lineup. But, you know, I've already been in contact with the major tournaments, Ironman, Beast, and uh, Escape the Rock. So uh, we're confirmed for those. I'm not sure if I'm going to take advantage of all of the opportunities. You know, I got to make sure I do what's best for the guys. But those are on the table available. Uh, if I want them, which is nice. And then, um, you know, I've set up a couple dual meets. One thing, you know, I have a big tournament in the beginning of the year. We bring in a bunch of teams. Um, you know, last year we, they had Wyoming Seminary, Blair, Malvern brought guys to the tournament. Um, so I'm looking to do something along those lines. I mean, and this is all, you know, I'm hopeful uh, that we get a wrestling season, you know. So, and, you know, it could potentially be modified as well. We're, you know, but we're preparing for a normal regular season and we'll go from there. If we have to adjust, we'll adjust. It's, uh, you know, I'm willing to roll with the punches. That's okay. I've lived my life that way for a long time. So geographically, where is that located uh, compared? Cause right now you're in Philly, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, it is 40 minutes West of Philadelphia. So you just jump on the, uh, jump on 76 and that takes you out to um you know the western side of the city it's you know i would it's actually considered um montgomery county which is you know it's the counties are big philadelphia county's big it's cl super close some of the comp some of the teams in our conference are philadelphia county some of the comp some of the teams in our conference are bucks county so um yeah it's a uh 
when that's actually what's a little nice is being outside of Philadelphia County or we have a little less regulation than um, some of our some of the teams that we'll be up against. So when it comes to like fall sports, we're able to actually have uh, some practices, football and soccer such are able to do skill drills, um, whereas some of the Philadelphia County schools are not allowed. Their campuses are closed, period. And that's, you know, what I experienced with Drexel um, for the past six months. So. Yeah, no, it's um, it's good. It's all good. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, if you could, Josh, tell us a little bit about your start in wrestling. You grew up in Yardley, Pennsylvania. How yeah. did you get How did you get started? Yeah, uh, my dad. My dad. Um, actually, he was still competing moderately. He was, um, you know, some of my earliest memories of him. He had a one. He turned our one car garage into a wrestling room. Um, so he had high school kids coming in and was training with them. He himself was going over to Fox, Fox Catchers, extremely close in our area. Um, so, you know, some of the best wrestlers in the world were there. So he'd go in there as a workout partner every once in a while. It was, there were open rooms. Um, he wrestled for a year or two at Ryder. Um, and then, you know, what I found interesting is he would wrestle while I was a little kid. Um, he wrestled, we have a tournament called the Mawas, this like a Eastern national championship. A lot of, you know, people from out here go that, go to that. I watched him wrestle there a couple of years. And, um, you know, it was just, it was since he was doing it, I had, it was, I, we were wrestling in the same tournaments actually on a couple of occasions. So, um, I, and it's funny, I had these memories of like my dad, he took fourth in one of the in Eastern Nationals. I'll never forget. I was in first or second grade. And I was like, uh, he must have slipped on a wet spot because nobody beats my dad. That's just, he, he obviously, something weird happened there because he doesn't lose. So that was like, you know, and it just was an early start for me. And I actually took second at that tournament. So, you know, it was an early indication that I knew what I was doing. Uh, I actually outplaced my dad at the first one, you know, one of my earliest memory tournaments, especially the only one really that uh, we competed in together. Um, so it was just, yeah, I mean, he, having kids come into our room all the time, I was two years old, three years old running around, they let me scrap for a little bit, and then they kicked me out. It was just, that is, uh, that's how I was raised. So, you know, yeah, my first season in the club was when I was four, going turning five or whatever. But I, I literally tell people, I've been wrestling since I came out of the womb. My dad was cradling me, and, like, that was – those were real things. And I didn't know anything else. I played every other sport um, with the, you know, understanding that it was my second sport. I was doing it as an extracurricular, as time off from wrestling or ways to benefit wrestling. I told people all the time I was playing soccer so that I could get my conditioning up for wrestling. That was something I told soccer players all the time. These kids were playing, you know, because that was their number one. And I was like, I'm really just, you know, staying in shape for wrestling until it comes around in the fall or, you know, in the winter. So that's just – that's exactly how it happened. Um, and then, yeah, some of those high school kids had a lot of success. So I had good mentors coming in and then, you know, I found success early. So it was easy to be invested my time. And, you know, we do, we did double tournament, double bracket, double tournament. We do a bracket, two brackets on Saturday, two brackets on Sunday at a different place, you know, and wrestle 20 matches. And I couldn't wait for that. You know, it was never a dreading moment in my uh 
youth growing up. It was just what we did, and um, we had a blast doing it. We didn't win them all, you know. It was, you know, there were some bumps in the road for sure, but um, a blast. So that's, you know, it was easy. So, Josh, I mean, you started incredibly young age wrestling. Um, did you uh... – did you and it sounds like it really came naturally to you but I mean at what point did you just accelerate you know your ability in wrestling you're like okay now we're we're looking at a different level I'm not looking at smaller schools I think uh the Ken Cherto wrestling camps were a huge part of my development um he you know instilled intensity which was something that took me to another level just getting a little um fiery out there um and then, you know, I would do seven day stints. So we would do three a days for seven days, twice in the summer, you know, we do one in June, one in August. And, um, you know, so I, I came back every season just at another level. So those camps absolutely had a, a huge impact on me. Um, you know, they were, they were run out of a hotel which is super cool. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ken Cherto camps at all, but the, they put the mats on the floors, like in the meeting rooms and in the lobby, like not in right in front of the front desk, but like, and then we stay in the hotel. So like, you just walk right up to our room and then come back down. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, setup and especially for, and then, you know, you're doing three a days, a really hard one in the afternoon techniques in the morning and nights, optional runs. And, you know, it just, it is a full blown and, tons of kids and you know they have little camps going on with the long camps there's a two-week camp and there's a one-week camp a four-day camp and everyone's just doing everything together it's a great system um and that really helped my uh development you know i probably started going there fifth or sixth grade so it was right around the turn and um you know, we made things happen going forward. So going into ninth grade, you know, I was intense in anticipating a very successful high school career. So, really cool. you know, that was, yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, no, I, Ken Charto, you know, he does a lot for those kids. He, he's good. You know, I got a lot of good things to say about him there. Appreciate that help. Um, who did, who would you say you modeled your style of wrestling after? I don't know. That's a good question. I, uh, I would say that it was pretty unique to me. It was, um, you know, we did a lot of wrestling. So I formed, you know, I found what I was good at. And, um, you know, I found a lot of, you know, I was very patient as a kid and um, would allow people to make their mistakes um, and take advantage of the holes, you know. Um, so I, I can't think of someone off the top of my head that really sticks out. I, I was really good at picking stuff from different people that I liked. Um, like for example, one, and sometimes it was my competitors. So um, I remember my junior year in high school, I wrestled, I, w- I wasn't allowed to wrestle in the PIAA. I was suspended for the season for transferring. Uh, they called it an athletic transfer, which it was. And, uh, but I paid my penalty, so it's okay. And um, I had to wrestle in college open tournaments, and it ultimately ended up being one of the best things for me. I was wrestling this kid from Oklahoma. Um, Jack Spates brought his entire Oklahoma team out to the Wilkes Open in Pennsylvania, and I'm wrestling their 41-pounder, and um, 
he hits so i try an elbow pass off and he just kind of like shucks me like as i elbow pass he just like lets it happen and i literally turned backwards so as i elbow pass he lets it happen and then he was behind me just like that and it ended up being a move i used for the rest of my life there's i, I used it plenty of times as a hawkeye i used it in the state finals as a senior i mean it was like and so stuff like that all the time if i was at a clinic or something i found something that worked you know i would um you know, it, it was pretty quick to come right into, you know, my repertoire. Um, as for my style, like a specific person, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I can't necessarily pinpoint that um, because, you know, I found, you know, different ways to do different things, top, bottom, and neutral. All positions where, you know, I can't necessarily nail one person on it. Yeah. Is there anybody, is there anybody that you looked up to, like, as maybe a role model in the sport? I know, I know you mentioned your dad. So as a coach, I tell people this all the time. So uh, Jay, uh, me actually became uh, familiar through uh, my WrestleText program. And, um, you know, on WrestleText, I've used this example multiple times. So on there, I have four platforms. I talk to the athletes themselves, the coaches, the, um, the parents, and then the fans. Um, so I actually, sometimes I send one text to the entire group, but for the majority of it, I try to uh, segment the text messages. So I'm talking to the athletes, I'm talking to the coaches, I'm talking to the parents, and I'm talking to the fans. Um, and when talking to coaches and parents, I've said multiple times that um, forming an alter ego in your wrestling is something that can change the game. And this is a huge factor. Like, so when I was a little kid, there was a kid from there was a high school kid from my neighboring town named Mike Perizzola. Mike Perizzola was a four-time state finalist, two-time champ. And I'll never forget every time I stepped on the mat, I'd shake my dad's hand and he'd look me in the eye and he'd say, be like Mike. And as I went out there, it like, I wasn't even me anymore. It was like, I was trying to be the four-time state champ, four-time state finalist, two-time champ in high school. And I'm in fourth grade. You know, and now I have an edge over people. I mean, very similar to, I, I know you understand the Tony Ramos stare or the Brent Metcalf persona and even Spencer Lee, Austin DeSanto too. You know, they create these, you know, euphoric, like, you know, huge personalities of who they, I mean, Spencer Lee, when he's just walking around, like, you know, and, and Austin, how he just grind and those are just, you know, some examples of, you know, ones that I've encountered personally in my life and it works so well. When you can form an alter ego and come out there as a, almost a different person, it's like, it's not me versus you. It's, you know, almost this versus you. And I'm going to, you know, we're, it's a, you can get really, um, you can escalate your wrestling to another level and take it. And that's like, you know, that's sports psychology one-on-one. I don't know too much about that. Um, but I do know that that's one way and, you know, something that I preach really often. So to the answer to your question, Mike Perizzola, um, Nishamani grad, you know, a huge role model for me just with his success. It was really what it is. I never knew him as a person. I shook his hand once or twice when I was in high school and that's it. Um, but, you know, his success led me to, um, you know, be better. So, Josh, um, you know, speak of looking up to people. My son, 
uh, picked up one of his arm bars from you. It's uh, a reinforced arm bar that you that you use, and yeah, you, you were top. deadly with that. Is first of all, where did you pick that up? And uh, it could it, was there anyone in the nation that could stop it? Because I never you turned the as great you question. It up, so where I picked it up, I have no idea. I wish I did. Um, I just, I found that it was um, similar to freestyle where I had the entire body. I was able, like, I mean, once I had that thing cinched, and the answer to your second part question is one person in my college career stopped it um, once I had it locked up. And I'm just drawing a blank on his name. He's actually an Olympian I had, uh, from Wisconsin, the Greco Olympian, uh, Jesse Thilke. I locked it up on him at the Big Ten tournament, and my man didn't budge. Everyone went. Everyone turned. Every time I locked it up, I would drive forward on like a one o'clock degree straight towards the head, and everyone went. Not Jesse Felke. Jesse Felke wasn't even close. That boy was just based out like Greco style, you know, high level international wrestling. It wasn't happening. So I didn't score with that in that night and that like that always sticks with me that my man that one time he uh yeah he didn't go so and uh, you know like there were times where i'd have the tight waist and barely have a bar and i'd you know try to go a different way i'd run it over the head or this or that but if i locked up that reinforced bar and i was going to the opposite side tilt it was going it went every time so jesse Filkey, wisconsin <laughs> I, that was the first I ever heard that. I didn't know of anyone that could stop it because no, uh, it works really well. I mean, I see Spencer using it all the time. It's just when you can get that tight waist. The key to that move is to get the wrist first. So too many times people get the bar arm and go searching for this wrist. What you do is you you hand fight on top you get him driven down to his head and his shoulders and you pick up the wrist first and i'd pull it across to the near side and when i jump over to that side i'd push it through and as soon as i push that through there's a hole it literally so the arm goes from this to this and you still have the wrist you know so i'd have it here then i have it here i just push it over and then opens it up bar that thing up and run straight over their head that uh you know that was another big point too many people try to come sideways you know a little technique session here yeah. you say take take that to the one o'clock <laughs> yeah that's right take that to one o'clock i uh, uh my son loves that move and he's nice. turned so many kids on that even at the state level but uh i'm gonna make a request your next one minute breakdown i want to see that okay yeah absolutely i uh yeah, no, I've been slacking with them with the job transfer and stuff like that. I need to get back on it. They, uh, you know, I got a lot of traction from them and they're good. I, um, you know, I just need to put the time in. They're not actually that time consuming. You know, it's a 15 second clip. And I, I actually, so I did 30 of them. And, um, you know, it was important to me to get to that number. I actually wanted to get to 50 um, before I started reanalyzing what I did. And then what I've actually begun, I'm, I would say 75% done is I did a breakdown for the fight TV event. Um, so, you know, I pulled out like the top five uh, matches pretty much, you know, I have um, Nazar Kolchitsky and his, um, he retired, he put his shoes on the mat. So I put, have that in there. Um, highlight was um, Zach Sanders and, um, and Zane Richards. Uh, I had that as my number one. They've scored like 
25, 30 points in the bout. It was just a wild match. Um, so I tried, you know, I'm just, listen, I'm just playing around with it, really. I'm having fun and doing what I want to do. So um, I attempted to take my one-minute breakdown and do it into a breakdown of the event. And that is 10 minutes long right now. And I still need to add in, like, my audio on the front end and in between each section. So it's probably looking at more like 12 to 12 and a half minutes, uh, which is kind of like a show. But, again, I've been a little lazy with that too. I did a lot of the work and, you know, I've just been – you know, we're moving and stuff like that. So trying to, you know, put it together. But no, I will continue with the one-minute breakdowns. I know that they're good and I enjoy doing them. I mean, I literally, I've gotten permission from a lot of places to use their videos. Um, there's an Instagram site called Wrestling Guru or the Guru, it's called the Guru Archives. Are you guys familiar with it? No, but I'm going to look this, it up. I'm, I'm going to look it up for sure. Hold on. Let me get the exact name of it. The Guru Archives is sick. It's, they, they have old school matches Yeah, the Guru Archives. Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm, I'm going to follow them right now. <laughs> you have to. And go through. So they gave me permission to use their content as, uh, as I see. So they just break down the entire match into one-minute um, skits. So they don't do any editing. They just do the scoring and the close to scoring and stuff. And some of the most amazing matches, like from 1975, 1980s with Buzovar Satiev. Um, I mean, and, and today's matches too, you know. So, you know, a lot of uh, Burroughs and Snyder and a lot of Russians, uh, Iranians versus Ukrainians and stuff, people I've never heard of, Greco stuff. So I'm telling that's a uh, phenomenal uh, Instagram page. I'm a huge fan of them. So. Um, but yeah, so they've given me permission. So I, I ran into a little bit of a conflict where, you know, um, with kind of like copyright infringement, I don't, you know, I, I take the videos off of YouTube. I don't, you know, so I don't want to steal people's stuff, but I, you know, and, and with the fight TV thing, it's like, I didn't necessarily ask anybody if I could use their footage, but I did. And I have something that I've made and, you know, I'll use it until I get told no, essentially, you know, it's just, I, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm not hurting them. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I the videos that I've created are really just for educational purposes anyway. So I'm just, I'm playing around and, um, you know, so, but, you know, like use, I haven't used any flow wrestling clips, stuff like that. I know that they're a little bit tighter of an organization that might be more private and I could ask permission, but at this stage, you know, it's something that I was dabbling in. I played with it and, sure. you know, we'll, we'll move forward to for sure. But yeah, I got you on a, uh, you want that uh, reinforced bar on there? I'll look you up. I've had a couple of people ask me for my duck. So I always felt weird about putting my own video on there. I mean, I only use national champions, world and Olympic champions. I didn't, I didn't divert from, you know, I only kept it at those. Those are my three standards um, for the videos that I used for those 30. And, you know, I, I, I'm willing to, I'm obviously, I was just, you know, those were, that was my first 30 sets. So um, obviously I didn't accomplish those feats. So I didn't consider myself qualified for the breakdowns. Uh, I think you are. I mean, we definitely would. We'd enjoy it no matter what. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just so you know, that, that's actually, I, I lost track of Josh, you know, after he left college for a while. And, and all of a sudden I was on uh, Facebook and I saw your 30 second, was it 30 second or one minute break? I thought it was one minute break. One minute. Yep. One yeah, minute man. breakdown. And I'm like, oh my, this guy is, you know, a doctor of wrestling. The, the way you broke it down and 
I, you know, I'd never seen it. And you just replay it over and over. And it's like, oh my God, I see, I see how, you know, the setup or the movement, you know, everything has. I appreciate that. And you know what? The earlier ones I was having more fun with because I didn't do so many like versions of the audio. Like I was driving myself crazy for perfection, um, trying to just make it so perfect. Like if I messed up a word or something like that, I mean, it's just in a one minute, especially with the way that I use the arrows and stuff, I was doing a voiceover after the fact. So I had to like nail it and say what I was showing on the video at the same time. And I would drive myself crazy. And that's probably why, you know, I've been lazy about it lately, but the first, like the Spencer Lee one. So I did a Spencer Lee down block go behind us, my first video and first audio I did, I nailed it. However, I wanted it to do and sent it, you know what I mean? So, and that's, you know, if I could get more into it, into it being a laid back, like, you know, this is what I'm seeing in the audio, I would enjoy it better and be more willing. But like, I was by like from 20 to 30, I drove myself crazy because I was literally, I would make one little hiccup and be like, no, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And edit, redo, like, come on. So I had to like, I just got to relax about it a little bit, you know, and ultimately like after the fact, I'd find some terminology that I screwed up and it was just, it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, obviously no, it's just, it's, it's not. So I, um, no, I want to do a good job in them, but you know, at the same time, just be a little bit more relaxed about it. Yeah. I think that's, I think anything that you ever do in terms of like, whether you're building something physically or whether you're building like a video or whatever, you're definitely more critical of yourself than anyone else in the world is going to be. <laughs> right. They're appreciative uh, of the content. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think most people won't even notice the things that me right. screw up, you know. That's great. No, it's super important. So yeah. glad we're on the well, same page there. We're, we're going to get back to that as well, Josh, uh, because I want to get a plug for, uh, for your uh, one minute breakdowns, as well as uh, the text, how, you know, you and I got our conversations going. So yeah. we're going to get back to that. And then uh, we'll put something up on our page here so that everyone else right. in Iowa can see that because holy cow, it, it's a game changer. And if you need to step your game up to the next level, especially during quarantine time, that's the way to do it. So yeah. thank you. Sure. Yeah, no, the text messaging, um, you know, I actually got told by Drexel that I had to put it on pause. Um, unfortunately, there were some recruiting violations that could have been potential. They weren't actually violated. They just, you know, I couldn't necessarily track how old um, my athlete section were. So if they were in the freshmen or sophomores in high school, then it could potentially be a violation. I was sending general texts, you know, to the group. Um, but they weren't really willing to play that. So, and also with parents of the kids those age. So I was um, forced to put it on hold for a little bit, but, you know, I sent out a text today and, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get the ball rolling again. I have some, you know, really good ideas for that to grow and scale, um, which I would love to, you know, make happen. I just, you know, need to put a lot of initiative into it. Like I said, I'm, I'm in charge of a youth club, a middle school team and a high school team now. So, you know, my hands are full, um, but I'm, you know, I actually run better when I have four or five things on my plate, you know, and I'm dabbling in everything every day, you know, when I have, you know, when I'm looking for things to do, I struggle. So, you know, it's, it's good thing to be busy for me. Yeah. I, I'm the same exact way, actually. I need to be busy too. Yeah. Um, so let's, yeah, back to the, uh, back to some, some questions we've got. So if you could tell us a little bit about your high school career, I know you finished off as a, was it your senior year? You were a state champion. Yeah, State champion. 
Um, going into that year, though, zero state medals. So, you know, just like, you know, a little message out there to anyone that, uh, you know, isn't having the career they thought they'd have. That was me. 0-2 as a freshman, 1-2 as a sophomore, number two in the state as a sophomore, and got uh, upset. Not really. It was a great match. We wrestled in the quarters uh, with Josh Kendig. He was a national finalist for Oklahoma State. So we wrestled in the quarters, and Jordan Oliver was the champ that year. And um, I was so heartbroken I lost. I was like – I was I was beating Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver was a returning uh, state champ, maybe two-time state champ, going for his third. I think that was the case. And um, I was beating him that year. I was so excited about it. And then I ended up getting uh, cradled in double overtime uh, in the quarters and fell apart mentally, fell apart emotionally, fell apart physically. I literally, like – crawled on the mat in the concies crying and um didn't put it together ended up not even placing so that was uh you know and ultimately you got to get ready to go for the next match and um you know it was a huge life lesson for me you know I couldn't even believe that but then I transferred high schools and um was forced to sit out so going into my senior year zero state medals um, but that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know, that's how it went down. And, um, but luckily I had some off season success. I had won super 32 twice. I had won Fargo junior nationals in freestyle. So that's ultimately winning Fargo is what got the call from Tom brands. Um, he had, you know, he had talked to one of my club coaches, Joe Malcuri. Joe was a national finalist for the Hawks. Um, and he was one of my club coaches from, uh, South Jersey. Uh, so that was a quick drive for me. I'd go down and see him, and um, he put in the recommendation. That's ultimately how I got the call at one Fargo. Um, so, you know, there's always that chance. And then my senior year, I was a Iowa Hawkeye commit. I was ranked top three in the country. Zero state medals, ranked top three in the country. And, um, you know, ultimately – pinned in the state finals, went 33 and one. I bumped up a couple of weight classes and wrestled against Andrew Walton and lost that bout um, my senior year. But, you know, pretty dominant other than that. Um, didn't give up a point at the state tournament. Went to the Dapper Dan duel, dominated there. And that's what got me the number one national ranking. Got to be on the A6 poster and stuff like that. So uh, it was a very successful senior year. But I was an Iowa Hawkeye wrestling against high school kids. You know what I mean? It was a, that was a wrap. So, you know, my, I was just, I was almost like that uh, alternate personality, like extra persona there. You know what I mean? It was, I was somebody different than I was the year before. Sure. And how did you, uh, how did you come to choose Iowa to continue your career? So I just, how did I choose Iowa? Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah was, sorry. Did, I didn't, I didn't hear you there. Yeah, sorry. I, um, it was, it was a pretty easy decision. I was born and raised a Hawkeye fan. Um, I had people influenced in my life, influences in my life that um, were preaching Iowa Hawkeye wrestling uh, since I was a kid. Like I said, with those Ken Chertel camps, I came back one year and uh, I said, I wanted to go to Penn State. And they like wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> they were like, no, you have no idea. This is probably like 01, 02. Like, you know, Penn State wasn't having the best. Um, and, I, they, you know, I was – I was from Pennsylvania and I was going to Ken, Ken Charto wrestled at Penn state. And that was, you know, my mindset. And at the Ramada Inn with these camps, they had um, all the big 10 um, banners hanging up and 
he would we'd be like doing bottom drills and we'd be in referee's position. He'd be like, look up at the banners. Where do you want to go to school? And I remember I looked at the one year, I looked at the Penn State banner and I came back and, you know, I had these older brother figures in my life. Um, and they, they asked me where I wanted to go. And I told them Penn State and they laughed at me. They were like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You sound like a child. Um, you know, you need to grow up. Uh, it's the Iowa way. It's the Dan Gable way, period. And, um, you know, that's pretty much when I got the train like a madman part two poster put up in that room. And, um, you know, it was from then on um, Iowa, everything. So I went back to that same camp the next year. He pulled the same trick. He, he puts us in referee's position. He's like, look up at the banner. Which one do you want to go to? And it was that big yellow one. You know, it was just Iowa wrestling. Let's go. And so, you know, after I um actually right before I won Fargo at the tournament um I committed to Rutgers um I had um actually lost at the tournament so I won the tournament but it was a pool style and what ended up happening is um all three of the guys in the pool had a loss and I ended up tech falling the one kids so I had one more point than everyone else so I got to go to the finals um and in that process I committed to Rutgers win the tournament and then a week later, two weeks later, Tom Brands calls. And like I said, that was a childhood dream that wasn't getting passed up on. You know what I mean? I took less money from Iowa than any other offer I had. Um, and that was, you know, a family decision that we made because we were dream chasing, you know? So we weren't, uh, we weren't too concerned about it at the time. And, you know, I'm, super thankful I did you know I wouldn't be in the situation I am right now you know if I go to another school and have the same career I don't necessarily get the pop that I have when I you know say I'm an Iowa wrestler and then you know I got a college coaching job right out of college you know I didn't even I wasn't even an All-American and uh, Roger Reyna head coach at University of Penn he brings me home you know and Shoot, I would love to just take a second and let you all know how appreciative I am of Roger Reyna bringing me home. Because, uh, you know, I was looking at opportunities. Um, Harvard was an opportunity. It was in discussions with American University. I took a trip down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and tried out uh, Hendricks Motorsports um, to be one of their tire changers. Um, so I was doing different things. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do after college. And um, ultimately coming home, being 30 miles from my family was the number one decision. Um, so Roger Reyna, thank you. Super appreciative. Um, and then, yeah, one year after that, I ended up getting an assistant coaching job at Drexel and um, spent the last four years there. Um, and I'll tell you what, guys, Drexel's, you know, I really hope there's a wrestling season this year because Drexel's going to have the best team they've ever had. They're gonna have returning four national qualifiers, uh, their best wrestlers coming off a red shirt. Um, you know, it just, they're going to have a tough team to deal with, especially in the EIWA. They're going to be really good. So I'm like super hopeful that it goes through. Yeah. It'll be fun. So how was that transition from, uh, you know, leaving high school, Pennsylvania? It's not like it's, you know, a two, three hour drive down the road to Iowa city. Um, how was that transition for you? And, uh, what, what, uh, uh, advice would you give to any other wrestlers that are making that jump from high school wrestling into the collegiate level? It's a good question. Um, you know, and I'm a little like back and forth on it. I think, you know, if Iowa city was, if 
Iowa City was in my backyard, it would have went a lot better for me. You know, a lot of things happened while I was in college. My dad ended up getting cancer. Parents ended up going through a divorce. Different types of things. You know, it's just not being home was a lot, I guess. In the, in the moment, though, they really, like, kept me out of it. And, like, you know, I was focused on wrestling. And, you know, it was, you know, forward-thinking plan. Um, but I always say, you know, if Iowa City was in my backyard, it actually would have been perfect. You know, that would have been um, a no-brainer. As for like what I would tell people is um, one, chase down your dreams. If you have a, you know, if you're from Texas and you want to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy and you get that opportunity, why wouldn't you do that? You know what I mean? I mean, how, how could you turn that down? Um, so for me, that um, is super important. But I also want to make the point that I don't think it's necessarily the key to success, which is something that I did think as a kid, I thought that I had to go to Iowa in order to win. And I thought that they would almost do it for me. And I learned very quickly, like, no, you, you are, you have to do this every single time out seven minutes, every day in the room period, you know, there's, you know, hour and a half grinds and you have to do it. Nothing's happening for you. So, and people win in other places. Bottom line, there you know, people win at Hofstra. People win everywhere, you know. And, uh, you know, so I think that that's super important to note as well. Like, if you're dream chasing and you have an objective that you're trying to accomplish and you get the opportunity, you better take advantage of it. Or, you know, God forbid if something happens and you just regret yourself for your whole – I don't know. Like, I wasn't letting that happen. You know, I was – I had opportunities that were closer to home, but I wanted to be a Hawkeye. So that was happening and I would do it again. Um, but you know, a thousand miles is, it's not the easiest thing, you know, and you know, I was, you know, I don't know if pampered is the right word, but maybe um, taken care of for sure. My mom's an Italian woman, you know, and she's a caterer. She's just the sweetest and um, took care of me my whole life. And, you know, when I got out there, it was a different game taking care of myself, you know, and, um, you know, I had to be held accountable kind of out of nowhere, but, you know, I knew what I was, I knew what I was walking into. I knew that I was excited about it and willing to do it. So that's why I did. Um, but I don't, you know, my message to kids is that, um, if they're going to win, they're going to win that it doesn't, you know, yes, there are programs that are better than others and there are, there is development ways, but, the bottom line is that you don't need that to be successful. You can go to a smaller college. You could go to a, um, you know, I mean, people win at Purdue. People win at Northwestern all the time, you know. And in my head in high school, I was told at a young age, too, it's like it's either Big Ten or bust. If you're not wrestling in the Big Ten, it's not really wrestling. That's what I was told. So I believed that, you know. So – I was talking to Virginia Tech and Kevin Dresser showed me tons of respect. And um, I was almost dismissive because it wasn't a Big Ten school, you know. And Rutgers bought me in because they said that they were going to be a Big Ten school in a few years, which they were in 2012. So it was it was like, you know, I had that. Nebraska was a huge one on my list, Big Ten school. So it was like, but that's not the case, you know. That people win from everywhere. Fresno State has All-Americans all the time. So, you know, that's just um, – it's – it's up to you. And that's something that, you know, I learned and um, I'll preach forever. So, um, 
yeah, dream chasing, go after that distance. It's not that big of a deal. You grow up and you handle it the right way. And, you know, I'm super thankful. I, you know, if I stay home for wrestling, you know, I'd probably, you know, get catered to for the next five years. And, you know, I'm not who I am now. And, you know, I'm not the man I am to my family and my, my, you know, and it's just, it was super important for my development as a, an adult. Uh, to have that experience and I'm super thankful for it. So it's, um, it's all good here. I've just, you know, my, my conversation with youth or like if I'm recommending something um, would just be a little different, I would say. Yeah. It's a great message, Josh. Yeah. I like that. Um, so Jay and I have talked about, we've heard of this, of the brands is rule school wrestling and social. You can only really be successful at two of them. As a, as a four-time uh, academic Big Ten athlete, um, all, all sorry, all academic Big Ten athlete, how do you feel about that philosophy? It's interesting. I've never necessarily heard that ter that terminology exactly put like that. Um, but you know, I don't. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a, a funny thing to say, but it's um it's true, I guess. You know, you, you know, you have to make sacrifices. But I, I always one of my favorite quotes from Terry, he said, um, you know, if if you are ex experimenting or doing your social life, you know, you're playing that game. Um, it's not that you have to make sacrifices for wrestling. It's not that you have to sacrifice the social stuff for wrestling. It's actually that if you're doing those things that you're sacrificing the gift, you're sacrificing the wrestling and it, you know, the inverse thought process on there, you know, he just really creative and, um, you know, intelligent in that way. I think, you know, it's a, you know, it's probably right. I think, you know, academics are hundred percent mandatory. Um, and that's why I graduated high school with under a three O was not important to me. I was lazy in the classroom ultimately probably disrespectful to my teachers which you know kind of haunts me a little bit um and then when I got to college it was required Tom Brands made sure of it it was done you handled your business in the classroom it wasn't anything and it wasn't even that big of a deal it was just do it you know um, make sure you're prepared for your exams you never miss an assignment if you get a zero on assignment it kills you so you don't get zeros and you show up to class period and so that's the way I lived my life. And, you know, I had a really good academic career. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, you know, there probably was some, you know, social decisions that haunt me, you know, especially with my failures um, going, coming down to the postseason. you know, it's like, Oh, if I, you know, did something different during this summer or, you know, I, I remember specifically a trip to Nashville. I came back and Tom's like, you have no idea how much you missed. And I'm like, damn, like, really wish I didn't go you know what I mean but like you know I took a four-day trip down there and uh you know four days turns into a travel day each day so now you're at a week and um you know there's good training there so then ultimately when you you know come up short it's like why did I go to Nashville you know but you know that's just one example there's you know a few so yeah so I'm going to take you to the next stage of, uh, of your career that we're following you on this, on this Josh, right now too as well. Um, so you, you complete your uh, collegiate career out at mm -hmm. Iowa. Uh, you move to uh, the coaching roles now. Uh, tell us, uh, you, know, you know, between you know, how you, when you started it uh, with the pen 
Penn State and then uh, swung to Drexel and now coaching high schools, high schoolers. Um, how's that transition been from being, you know, an elite athlete going into uh, this role that you're at now coaching people? Well, it's been a lot, a lot of transitions. You know, I, I'm, I'm a lot better at coaching now than I was five years ago. And, um, you know, I'm going to be a lot better at coaching in five years than I am now. And, you know, so, you know, just constant growth is super important to me. I think when I first came out, I was still in a competitive mindset, you know, really, um, you know, my, I was a glorified workout partner. I'd like to say I had responsibilities like data entry and um, dealing with some other logistics for the University of Penn as their, op, uh, their director of operations. Um, and then when I got into coaching, I actually, you know, it was a more of a full-time, it was a full-time job. You know, I had, um, you know, I was in the office and actually managing a wrestling team more so, um, a program rather than also practicing. Um, so I've grown in, you know, the managing of a program aspect. And then also the way that, you know, I talk to my athletes, the way that, you know, I you know, try to inspire them and, you know, I'm looking for um, them to peak at the end of the year. You know, I've, I've just learned a lot. Matt Azevedo was a huge, huge help. You know, we'd, uh, you know, if there was something that wasn't going correctly, it was, you know, we were quick to get into a one, uh, one-on-one -on -one meeting and, you know, hash it out and, you know, figure out what needed to change in both directions. You know, I'd say that, you know, I maybe had a negative annotation on some of my terminology or the way that I was discussing things. And, um, you know, and that's okay. One thing I've learned, but always trying to find an end on the positive. That's, you know, something I uh, really appreciate out of Terry was, you know, he was really good at letting you know when you're screwing up and then like getting on the same page. It's like, but well, you're doing a great, like, you know, you're heading in the right direction. All good from you, stud. Keep it up. Like, keep going. And then, you know, that was like, so when I walked out of a conversation with Terry, it was very positive. Even if I was getting, you know, let known that, you know, laying on my belly in the third period is unacceptable, you know, but, you know, it'd be like, but your first period, you know, or whatever, you know, all the things you did a good job in your sprints and, you know, you find positive. So I'm trying to do that a lot um in my wrestling it's just constant growth you know that's really my goal is just to get um to be the best coach that I can possibly be um and now that I'm in charge of a program you know I'm gonna really um learn you know the load you know with um you know scheduling travel gear and equipment you know all the things that you deal with in a program but when it's split between the head coach and a couple assistants and you know, we had a uh, full-time nutritionist on staff at Drexel. Joe Stanzioni's uh, just got a job as the Memphis football and basketball head nutritionist. Um, yeah, phenomenal. Graduated Cornell. Um, awesome, awesome guy. Um, but so there were four of us handling duties and stuff. It's just um, so now, you know, I'm excited to take the reins and, you know, do my uh, – you know, handiwork in there, see what I can do. And, you know, there's going to be learning curves. I'm all good with that, though. It's okay. I'm not, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. So it's good. So, Josh, uh, let's jump back to a little bit of a sad time in everyone's life, really. This past March, I know you guys had a few qualifiers for the NCAA state or NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. 
how did you find out like what like how did you guys go through the process of finding out that the tournament was canceled well you know the day of social media it's just kind of instantaneous everyone you know you just pop on between someone's gonna look every hour or so you know what i mean so we were pretty quick to see um that they had made the decision it was a slow process that was like it was like someone was stabbing us with a knife and just like kind of turning it very slowly it was like the ivy league says that they're not going to participate and then you know this school says that they're not going to and then uh different tournaments are shutting down this and that and then you know finally NCAA basketball shut down, I believe, before the wrestling tournament. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. And it was just like, well, obviously, they're talking about having – so we're wrestling in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, in the football stadium. They're, like, guaranteeing 40-plus thousand people are going to be there. I mean, the, the record for the NCAA championships is maybe 16,000, I think, in MSG a couple years ago. So, you know, to talk about triple that amount of people – um and now they're talking about wrestling in the same arena same setup with no fans the biggest wrestling arena of all time and no fans um so it's just literally like just getting stabbed little by little and then finally um you know they pulled the plug on it so you know it it was terrible it was awful we took the team out to breakfast the next day and um you know they all had to go home it was just but you know we were able to kind of deal with it because everyone had to deal with it you know we had one senior qualifier Evan Gerald one of my favorite kids of all time uh just about as high level as you get um hard worker 4.0 engineering major fantastic kid um you know he just got engaged the other day so or a couple weeks ago so he um you know, his family, they uh, they actually, like, jumped on the gun for the COVID responses, ended up just he, – so he's, like, one of six, one of seven, something like that. All of them, their fiancés and wives and, and their parents, uh, just start, started creating hand sanitizer and was, like, delegated to the whole state of Rhode Island, was, was um, giving it to other places. I mean, just phenomenal people. But so he was the only one that we lost. Um, and uh, it was a shame because, you know, he was uh, – you know, peg for a good tournament, unfortunately. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of him and, you know, suck to let him go. Um, but, you know, that just, that's how it went and we had to deal with it. So, um, but yeah, there was four returners, um, which is just super positive. So we were able to turn it to the guys, you know, it's like, listen, we're coming back with the best team in Drexel history, period. And, um, you know, four national qualifiers, our best wrestlers coming off a red shirt, you know, the 11 freshmen coming in, all, you know, very high accolades. Got, um, you know, uh, Luke Nichter, Pennsylvania state champ. Um, he pinned in the state finals, a huge match. Um, you know, he's jumping into the lineup. So there's just, you know, good things going for Drexel Wrestling. So able to turn it that way. Stayed involved through the quarantine, um, doing weekly Zooms and different events and stuff. So, you know, like we did what we could, you know. Yeah. All right. So now we're current day here, Coach, uh, taking on a brand new program here in German, uh, Germantown. Uh, what do you having your wrestlers do uh, during this downtime or off season, especially with 
minimal clubs opening up right now. It's, it'll be a little better since they're on the, the burbs of Philly. But uh, what do you have right. you guys doing? What's this season looking like for you guys? Yeah, so uh, as of right now, I'm just communicating with them, um, you know, telling them to, you know, do the best that they can, um, running, lifting, eating the right things, you know, just trying to put, um, you know, good lifestyle philosophies into their head um, so that we're prepared to go full steam when we're allowed to. Facilities are still closed, um, so we're not on the mats at all. Uh, and really, I'm just introducing myself to the guys. Um, I have you know, Zoom calls every, uh, every day, um, just one-on-one -on -one conversations, asking them what they like, what they didn't like, things that they um, need to be successful. And, you know, I, um, you know, I'm just gathering information about them now, trying to fill my lineup and um, doing some scheduling and stuff like that, trying to, you know, set myself up. Uh, so when we get the okay, we're good to go. Um, putting the foundations in for a club for some, um, you know, like K through eight training. Um, and yeah, so that's, um, that's about as much as we can do right now. And like I said, just, you know, emphasizing, you know, good nutrition, good hydration, um, being active, active relaxation, you know, um, you know, trying to be outside as equal time as they're playing, you know, Warzone or Fortnite, right? So just trying to, you know, stay on top of it. And, um, you know, the kids will, you know, they'll do the best that they can. They have to. How is, uh, how's the team looking going into next year? And then, and then also, do you have any new talent, you know, eighth graders coming into the program? It's great. Um, so unfortunately, uh, when, uh, the last coach left, I had a few of my national qualifiers transfer out. Uh, they weren't, it wasn't a personal thing. Uh, they didn't know who the coach was going to be, so I don't take it personal. But, gee, you know, it was personal to GA, unfortunately. Um, so um, I returned two national qualifiers. Um, I have a, a two medalists, actually. I have a third and a fourth coming back for their senior season. Um, Senior-dominated team. So, you know, looking forward to some, you know, uh, good leadership there. Um, I, I have a couple of holes. I don't have a 106 pounder and I don't have a 220 pounder. So, you know, I got to talk to the football coach and, you know, working on building that relationship there. And then, I don't know, I got to find like an ornery soccer player or something with someone walking around the halls, see if I can uh, find myself a six pounder. Um, but, you know, tough team. Like I said, they're, they're uh, battle tested. They've done Ironman in the past. They've done the Beast of the East. Um, you know, prep nationals. They took sixth last year. Um, so I have, a, you know, a good group coming back, senior dominated. My middle school program is filled with hammers. PJW state medalists, Tulsa national champions, um, superstars. All of them are in sixth and seventh grade. So last year. So I have a couple of kids in eighth grade now. My, I have zero incoming freshmen. Uh, so, you know, I just made a depth chart the other day, weight classes, years, and uh, put everyone in. In my freshman class, class of 2024, I have a column of nothing right now. So, you know, I'll be, you know, I'm in the recruiting game still. So, you know, bringing people in, looking for, uh, you know, talent. Uh, hopefully there's a season, you know, and potentially I could, um, you know, find freshmen 
uh, to come in as sophomores and eighth graders to come in as freshmen. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I have the ability to play with all of that. I can bring in fifth graders to come in sixth grade. It's a K through 12 school. Um, so uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. As of right now, zero freshmen on the roster. Um, but, you know, hopefully that changes. We're working on it. So, Josh, you've got to be one of the busiest guys I know. And you'd mentioned before, multiple irons in the fire, that's when you work your best, right? Definitely. So, you got uh, uh, where I initially caught back up with you, the one-minute breakdowns that you were posting. Uh, we got the motivational texts and answers and help with just dumb dads, right? Um, you have a, a club going on. I, you did, you were part of a, what was it the Dragon Wrestling Club helping out and and uh, and then yeah, so the Dragon Wrestling Club is our uh, was our nonprofit at Drexel. Um, okay. And um, yeah, we ran our youth club out of there, our golf outing through it, and alumni events and such. Um, and I'll run a similar program i actually um was you know doing a lot of good work um yesterday working on an inner circle uh similar to the hawkeye wrestling club's inner circle um with you know donation scales and stuff like that trying to um you know uh develop a really good program the club is uh it's in the works it's not done i can't use the facilities yet um but that ultimately looking to start a girls program in the club hopefully it's a feeder into eventually having a girls team at GA that's one of my goals I told the uh, head of school that in my interview um that I would like to you know start a girls program so you know when I'm looking at the grand scheme of what I'm responsible for I have the K through eight in the youth club the middle school team wrestles a full schedule throughout the year that I'm in charge of I'm not the head coach of their team but I'm in charge of the head coach uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are all competing there. And then I have my high school team, and then ultimately, you know, potentially having a girls team. So now, you know, Germantown Academy wrestling is um, fluid and, you know, running on all cylinders in every aspect of the sport that we possibly can, you know. So, you know, potentially uh, I'd like to have assistant coaches that are competing, um, looking to go to, um, you know, Olympic trial qualifiers and the world and the, uh, the U S open and such. So, you know, still working on, um, finding my assistant coaches, but I think, you know, that's another opportunity to add another peg into Germantown Academies. Um, you know, I, we call it ecosystem. Exciting. That's exciting stuff. Well, Thank coach, you. we are, uh, we are now to, we call it our OT sudden death questions. Um, it's a little bit, of a funny, like some of them have something to do with wrestling, some of them have nothing to do with wrestling at all. So, oh, ready? Let's go. You got that over time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. If you could go back in time, when when would you go and, and to give yourself advice, and what advice might you give yourself? <laughs> um. Sure, man. So. This is a good question. This is, um, I'm excited for this answer too. So I have two parts to it. If I wanted to go back and give myself advice, it would be 2006, 2007, going into my freshman year of high school. But I know that that would be worthless and I wouldn't have listened. So scratch that. And we'll go to 2010, 2011, my fresh year at Iowa. And I would absolutely have a lot to say about you know, that experience and, um, you know, gosh, man, I just, I wish I would have just manned up and been a little bit more vocal and like 
you know, I, I had a lot there. So um, it would have been most beneficial if I would have listened earlier on, like high school, um, but college would have been the most beneficial answer for sure. Freshman year, 2010, 2011, I go back August, 2010. Like August 15th, 2010, that's where I go. Honestly, I just wasn't groomed uh, to be prepared for those types of conversations that I needed to have. They were just, I mean, it was hard. It was, and you know, those workouts, I'd never gone through anything like it. I mean, just so we were clear, you know, it was, it was um, Daniel Dennis, Brett Metcalf, Montel Marion, Mike Zadick, um, Nate Moore, um, no, Ballweg brothers, Mark Ballweg and Jake Ballweg was a stud, ended up dropping it after his first year, but Jake Ballweg was a freaking hammer and, you know, ultimately tore my shoulder out that year, you know, cause he was such a freaking stud. Um, you know, I can, I mean, I could go on and Tony Ramos, um, you know, do I need to drop more? You know what I mean? It was literally like what rotation of workout partners am I going through where I'm going to score? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like number one kid in America coming in and I can't score unless I'm grabbing the other freshmen in my class that are like me, you know what I mean? So, you know, I would have a lot of good things to say um, to my 2010 self for sure. What, what an incredible room that you jumped into. That's, that is amazing. I knew what I was doing. And I, you know, but, you know, like I said, in my mind, that's what I needed to be successful and was faulty in my own convictions because that's, you know, people are successful in other places. I just didn't see it. I didn't understand that that was possible. And, man, there were just some lumps and it was hard. You know, like I had my face stuffed in the mat a lot and like a lot, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it was, uh, it was hard, but you know, ultimately the, the tide turns and changes, you know, as you grow and, you know, you turn into a sophomore, junior, senior, and, you know, you become the hammer, but, um, you know, that learning curve was tough for sure. Favorite wrestling movie. Favorite wrestling movie. So I'm actually a huge fan of Fox Catcher. People hate on it. They're like, Oh, it's not a wrestling movie. It's about like psychology and this, like, I loved it. I just, I love seeing uh, like the beginning with Dave and Mark Schultz, how they just start grappling. Like I, one of my favorite things, like I, I just love getting in there and just like play wrestling to begin and then picking up the intensity as we go. I mean, and I seen that in that movie. It was I, Fox catcher was fantastic. Um, yeah. I'll go with that. That's probably a unique answer for you. How about that? I like, I like that movie. That's a good answer. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, the could, documentary was amazing too. Actually, better. The documentary was wild. Yeah. I know that was on ESPN. Yep, yep. I like that. Um, if you could be any superhero, which one would you? Be? Who would you be? I always liked Iron Man because he's a man. Like he's, you know, he just it wasn't magical. It was just um, tactical and smart and powerful and you know in a in a machine essentially. Um, so he was always my favorite you know, at least with the movies that I watched, um, you know, the Hulk was super dominant, you know, you just, you can't get around that. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say Iron Man. All right. Uh, uh, favorite wrestling match of all time. Favorite wrestling match. So I'm a big fan of the, um, 
the Colot win for Mackel, or I'm sorry, the Colot win for Ironside. I'm a huge fan of the Abbas win for McElravey um, in the national finals his freshman year. I could literally like, I could do his little two stomp pump. Like, oh man, I love that freaking ending so much. It's I could watch it on repeat for the rest of my life and be satisfied. That's so good. Um, there's been, I mean. I'll tell you what, that uh, the heavyweight match in Madison Square Garden, the Kyle Snyder and Nick Wisdowski bout, the best heavyweight match I've ever seen. Absolutely insane. Um, love that. So, yeah, we'll go there. That's some college wrestling for you. I could probably go international too if I thought about it, but, um, you know, we'll just keep it there. Yeah, those are good. Those are really good. Uh, what's your favorite food? And then if we, where should we go when we get, get out to Philly to get some, the best cheesesteak? Jim's is your answer. It's on South Street. It's a fact. No one, anybody that knows wouldn't tell you differently. You'll hear Steve's and Pat's and Gino's, but uh, the answer's Jim's, I promise. Um, so take advantage of that. Don't, don't let anybody tell you anything else because um, then they just don't know, which is the fact. Um, my favorite food um, I love chicken parm, uh, good steak. You know, you can't beat a good steak. Uh, my girlfriend, Ashley, she actually makes this chorizo dish with potatoes and tomatoes and corn. And it's like a, you know, almost like a salsa. Um, and you could put it on tortillas and make tacos and stuff like that. It's fantastic. That's, you know, when I'm coming home and I hear that that's getting done and I'm extra excited, I feel good about that. So that's a nice, I don't even know what it is. It's just a conglomeration of everything you know but it's so good i love it all right uh greatest u.s olympic wrestler of all time dan gable no points no one else has done it yeah yeah um no but i'm you know i'm a huge 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 john smith fan to win six straight he just you know that's been Pretty much unmatched too. Bruce Baumgartner too. Um, I'm really enjoying the young guys coming through. Even I mean, you know, Jordan Burroughs, you know, as a young guy, but now you know he's just you know being relatively new. Um, his decade reign has been so fun to watch, and you know he's from um, Winslow Township, New Jersey. So that's you know within an hour of me, we've wrestled at you know the same club multiple times. So. You know, really fun to watch. Super excited about Helen Maroulis, um becoming the first woman national uh, Olympic gold medalist. Um, we were in the same bracket multiple times with her being from Maryland. Um, so, you know, I'm a huge fan there. She changed the game for women's wrestling forever. I got two daughters, so, you know, the idol has been set. Um, yeah, so, you know, greatest of all time, Dan Gable. I like it. But I like it. Randy Lewis, too. Uh, Randy Lewis's Olympic gold medal match, that's also one of my favorites. My man does some ridiculous things for the Olympic gold medal match. I mean, it's insane. He's out there just throwing haymakers and ends up tech falling on him. He's just – he was a freak. You know, probably, you know, got zero respect. I've seen on different places, maybe even NCAA Wrestling's web, uh, Instagram said, like, who's the – no, it must have been Iowa's. I don't know. Who's the best Hawkeye two-time national champion? And Randy Lewis wasn't on there. And I was like, oh, man. So many people must have had so much to say about that. Um, 
because he was different. Yeah. So I'm going to throw Jay off a little bit because I'm going to, this isn't on our uh, to ask list, but did you, was uh, DeSanto at Drexel while you were there? You would have yep, been I there. It was true freshman year. So crazy story. We um, had a great season. We had some lumps. He couldn't beat Mueller. He lost to Mueller in Vegas. The Virginia uh, lost to him at the scuffle. Ends up getting a concussion, this and that. Um, and then preparing for the conference tournament goes decent. He ends up taking a loss to Chaz Tucker. Kid just holds him off the whole time and stays in good position. He ends up losing that. Um, but we're getting ready for the national championships, and my girlfriend is nine and a half months pregnant. Like – ready to go and um so i don't go with the team i told them that you know i would drive separate they were in cleveland that year and um wednesday march 14th uh she went into labor and um unfortunately um the baby ashley got a fever during the labor so the baby was forced into the nicu um you know she was fine ultimately, but still in the NICU for two days. Um, so it, I wasn't in a position where I was able to leave. Um, so I never went. And, you know, you could ask Austin about our relationship. Um, I was just his guy. You know, every, every athlete connects with one coach specifically, um, and we molded together very well. Um, I understood his passion. I understood how important wrestling was to him and winning was to him. And um, I, you know, was – voice of reason for him and sometimes where he would get sporadic I would bring him back and you know be comforting and forward moving um so you know he's known for that tournament for the shenanigans in the quarters against Michigan's uh Stefan uh, Michik um but what people forget is the night before he whooped the crap out of Mueller for the first time all season. He was 0-3 against them and might have majored him. He, I, it honestly might have been like 15-6. Smoked him. And so I had my man ready to go. And, you know, unfortunately, a, a poor weight cut the next day and a little, you know, uncomfort he got into a situation he got dumped to his back right away against Michik was down six and couldn't gather himself and then you know ultimately had the shenanigans at the end of the match which everyone knows this tournament for but you know he was you know he was primed and ready to go I was super excited for him I wish I would have made it out there would have you know if I go to nationals that year I'm very confident that things go differently in his tournament and ultimately his career he probably I don't I'm not convinced that he leaves um you know, because of a couple of things, um, he was – he had left, um, you know, and it was super unfortunate, but easy handoff, you know. It was like – it was – as soon as I realized that he was not going to be at Drexel in the next year, it was immediate to uh, Ryan Morningstar. It was like, hey, you know, get ready for a handful, but my man is – your answer he he absolutely is about what you're about he wants to do it and um you know and I've had conversations with Morningstar out in Fargo over the years and uh, in Tulsa uh, for the junior duels and you know all I've heard is how good Austin is for that program and you know ultimately I don't know if we can say that it was that case for Drexel 
youth is one aspect of it, but also just like very uh a big fish in a small pond almost you know kind of it was just he needed more attention and um you know one thing that's you know really valuable about drexel is the individual attention that you're gonna get because it's a smaller institution the resources are less so the 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 you're gonna get a more personal um experience and you know with austin eating up like 90% of the attention, it, you know, it was, so I don't know that it was the right fit, but, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's developed a lot. He's gotten a lot better at wrestling. When I had him, it was really a dump and we were trying to just get him to open up to other things. And now you see, you know, he's formulating into a full, you know, competitive wrestler. And, you know, I, I knew once I had my hands on him, I was like, I told everyone in my family, it was just, this kid belongs to Iowa. You know, I knew that for, you know, i I'd seen kids very similar to him. You know, Matt McDonough is one of them. It's like, you know, when as soon as the headgear clicks, it's on. And it's like, wait, 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 you know what I mean? And, you know, so he reminded me a lot of Matt McDonough um, in his time. So, yeah, it just – I um, it was unfortunate I had a baby that day. But, uh, you know, I uh, would have liked to continue to coach him, but easy handoff and, you know, for the better, probably for our program and probably, and definitely for the better for Iowa's program, definitely for the better for Austin DeSanto himself. Um, so, you know, all is good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, a maybe a tougher question here. Who do you have at 57 kilos next for the, the next Olymp U.S. Olympic team? Spencer Lee. Spencer Lee. Love it. Yeah. That wasn't a hard question. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, no, I think the young guys, it's time for them to take over. Uh, 74 kilos is where I'm at battles. I, um, you know, I'm a Jordan Burroughs fan. I grew up with him. He's from my club. I want Jordan Burroughs to win. I want Jordan Burroughs to win. I think that Kyle Dake is our best option um, to win the Olympic gold medal. Um, but I want Jordan Burroughs to win 65. You know, I think I've Jordan Oliver fan my whole life, chased him down my entire career, never got him. Um, so, you know, I'd love for nothing more than him, but, you know, between Zane and Yanni and, you know, it's a shame that Steber retired too, because I think, you know, he belongs in that conversation as well. So um, 86 Taylor, my favorite wrestler in the whole world, my man, did you guys watch him on flow last weekend? How about that? Yeah, he's yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, just out, just his ties and pulling and pushing, and then it turned into he didn't even need to tie. He did all the work on the front end. He did all the work in the first minute, so then the next minute he just shot. He wasn't even setting him up. He was just shooting. And then repenetrating, repenetrating, fixing his position, and amazing. I mean, my favorite wrestler in the world. 97 kilos, super excited, exciting. Um, you know, you got Kyle Snyder and Jaden Cox. Um I just, I think Jaden Cox, I mean, how, how could you not? Because, but because you got Kyle Snyder there, who's, you know, Mr. America. So uh, either way, we're in good hands. And uh, I'm super excited for that best of three. I want nothing more than three matches deep of Kyle Snyder and Jaden Cox, please. That's you know. Awesome. And, yeah, heavyweight, um, you know, Gwiz is, you know, multiple time world medalist and you know he belongs there i think you know this i don't know how much longer he'll go if he'll go another cycle 
but um, I'd love to watch him, you know, finally get to the top of that podium. I think, you know, we have, you know, we have 10 weight classes full of really talented wrestlers that we're shoving into six and we're in a good position. So the RTC programs have really elevated, um, you know, our, our youth, you find, you know, our, you know, our young guys are competing with, you know, the veterans. All right. We're going to take it a little later here now, Josh. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Chocolate. You ever had a Carver cone? Absolutely. Do that chocolate raspberry twist. Come on. <laughs> I go so I would go underneath and sneak into the basketball games and just so I could get a Carver cone. That was a uh, that was a huge opportunity for me. I would actually like I would push off some of my dinner because I knew I was having uh, I was definitely going to come for a home game for basketball. <laughs> Uh, favorite football team? Philly everything. Philly everything all the way through. Um, you know, uh, college is still the Hawks, um, 100%. But, um, yeah, Sixers, Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, um, Union, let's go. You know, you got to get a wrestling team. <laughs> all right, would you rather be out fishing or golfing? It's a great question. Golfing um i do love fishing i'm just no good at it i'm so bad at fishing i just don't understand why i can't get them to bite the thing on my hook i just i don't know what the darn trick is that no one ever taught me you know my dad took me fishing all the time and you know i got friends on the team mike evans is one avid fisherman loves going you know trout fishing and he'll, he'll stand in a lake all day um but i just i absolutely love golfing i just you know, nine holes is enough for me. Two hours out on the course is plenty. Um, after I hit like hole 12 or 13, I'm just whooped and just, you know, not having as much fun anymore. But, um, you know, golf is something that I like to actually try to get really good at. You know, I, I put it, you know, I'd, I'd like to say I, I get nine holes in once a week right now. And um, so I'm pretty passionate about trying to get better at it. And, you know, we'll, uh, not much better at it, but it's just, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favorite vacation destination? Yeah, we go to the Jersey Shore all the time. Um, you know, I got family down there and, um, you know, being on the beach. Um, but I love, you know, snowboarding in the, in the winter as well. So heading to the Poconos, I've done a couple of mountains out in uh, Colorado. I've done Loveland and, uh, and Breckenridge out there. Um, Killington, Vermont is one out on the East Coast that I've done. So, um, you know, I love snowboarding in the winter, golfing in the summer. Those are really my pastimes that I, uh, you know, like to do. So if it's in the, you know, depending on the time of the year, it's either the beach, sand and water, or it's a mountain with a lot of powder. All right, Coach. Uh, this is how we wrap up all of our interviews. Uh, we're looking for the quote, uh, your best quote that, most uh defines you most defines me or your favorite quote well my favorite quote is um you know the in the season uh tom brand's initial start uh to the 2001 you guys know the season i'm talking about the you know, and he goes in there he's like in order for me to be successful or in order for my athletes to be successful he 
better be a dick. He better be selfish. He better be mean. It's you and the other guy out there. When you live, lose, you die. And that's been my quote forever. You know, I've, I've watched that thing so many times. So, you know, that's, uh, that's it. Love it. Well, Josh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We had a blast. Uh, we're going to definitely recommend, we'll put something separate out as well, but we're going to recommend that people follow um, your one minute videos for sure. Your women breakdowns and your, and your text, uh, your text program. Yeah. Wrestle text. That's uh no, I think there's, that's going to grow exponentially. I'm trying to get other coaches involved and um, you know, we'll see what we can do with it. Um, but I'm super excited about wrestle text. One minute breakdowns are a fun pastime for me, um, but I'll, I'll keep doing it because I, I enjoy doing it as well. I enjoy the video editing. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, I need to, you know, kick myself in the butt and get after it, you know? So um, I appreciate the time. You guys have been awesome. I enjoyed uh, talking to you guys and, you know, I'd love to stay in touch and maybe do another in a year or so check in. We'd love that. We'd love that. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Awesome. All right. That's great. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks, Jess. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with your friends. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Twitter at QCA Wrestle. And keep an eye out for more QCA wrestling content coming soon.